Welcome to In Step with Broadway Dance Lab, a podcast that explores the practice and process of becoming a choreographer. Today, a conversation with Wendy Side. I, I hone the skill to get to their organic movement and how they move very quickly so that we can give them something that they love and then all of a sudden that boundary they've drawn has broken away and now they even are open to more tools to put in their toolbox. Yeah. An award-winning filmmaker, director, choreographer, and writer, Wendy's work spans film, comedy series, TV, live events, theater, and dance. Her outstanding projects, including Murder for Two, The Toxic Avenger, and The Pee Wee Herman Show on Broadway, have earned her multiple award nominations and made her a sought-after name in the industry. But Wendy's path hasn't always been easy, as she struggled to trust her intuitive interest in creating comedic works for dance. And not that people were, oh, you can't do comedy, but I just didn't see a place for it. And I kind of had to wait for the zeitgeist to catch up. I'm Nick Kepley, Director of Communications for Broadway Dance Lab, and your host for today. Stay with us. So welcome, Wendy. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Happy to be here. Yeah. Um, The first question I always like to ask is how did dance find its way into your life? Uh, I remember my mother trying to find things for me to do, and she said, do you want to try dance? And I don't think I said this, but I remember having the feeling of saying, yeah, of course. <laughs> so, but I found it at a very young age. I started when I was four. Okay. So I don't really remember life before dance except for that moment. Yeah. And where did you grow up? Minnesota. Okay. A big family or? No, just four of us. I have an older sister, mom, dad, and dog. Okay. I'm an only child, so that's big for me. That's big, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's huge. <laughs> and uh, and so was it ballet or jazz, or what did you? What, how did you first begin dance? I started at a, basically a strip mall competition dance school, yep. and I didn't know what competition meant at the time. I was just excited. And so they did the standard, like, ballet, tap, and jazz, and it was good. It was good to get my feet wet. Uh, but then I ended up seeing Minnesota Dance Theater's Nutcracker a few years later. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, no, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So then we shifted me into the company setting. So I went from competition, I got shifted into a company setting. Okay. And so then how did theater uh, come into your life? Uh, as a, When I came to New York as a choreographer, I found I really liked to tell story, like very literal, linear story, and I like comedy. And in the modern dance world, that's not quite prevalent. So I thought, well, let me try this. And I grew up doing musicals as a kid. So I thought, well, let me try that as a choreographer. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. And so that that helped me understand how to shape a story, how to work with actors, how to work collaboratively. Because coming from the concert dance world, it's kind of you. You know, as a choreographer, you're the director or the writer or the choreographer, sometimes a costume designer. Right. <laughs> so that was... Um, an education that I needed and wanted in order to continue honing my style. Mm -hmm. Did you go to college? I did. Where did you go to school? Boston University. Okay, and that was in dance that you studied there, or no? No, it was archaeology. Oh, wow, of course. (laughs) (laughs) So was that that family pressure to get a real, quote-unquote, real job? (laughs) It's not really. Well, well, it is, it is, but it's basically like, it's as difficult as dance in a way. Uh, no, I actually, I quit dance when I was 14. 
um, I thought I somehow I knew I needed more and I didn't know but it was comedy like I loved ballet and I was on my way up to the company like I had that whole trajectory mm -hmm. um, so then I went into theater and I auditioned for Boston University's theater department okay. and they're like you're terrible I'm like I know because <laughs> I was never trained okay. and I'm a quintessential dancer when it comes to that like I don't want words I don't want to open my mouth uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, and so but I always loved history and I didn't want to be studying books I wanted to be studying history itself and I went to see Raiders of the Lost Ark when I was 10 mm. and my parents brought me to museums all the time in Minneapolis. So I thought, well, let me do archaeology. And also my sister was there, ironically, as an archaeology major too. Oh, wow. Uh, she's two years older. But among in that first year, I ended up getting back into dance, mm. uh, more like jazz and hip-hop. And that was a whole new world, especially coming from hardcore ballet. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoyed that, and I ended up being part of a company on campus, and I ended up... Uh, being the treasurer and I ended up like sort of helping to run the company and mm. that's when I first started choreographing so at the same time though I was still in school and getting a degree in archaeology which I really loved mm -hmm. you know so it was able to give me the the world and the space and the opportunities to get back into dance in a non-pressured environment mm -hmm. can you remember the first time the first dance you ever choreographed oh yeah can you tell I me mean, about it? Well, there's like with your friends in your basement. Right. Well, like in school, like you just said, you, chore you oh, got yeah. into choreography during school. What, what was the first dance? Black Cat by Janet Jackson. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And how was that? Um, it was fun because we had to get paired with another woman on the team. Um, we had been performing for the halftime of basketball games. And then a year later, they folded us and we were like, that's dumb. So it became our own company after that, just a student run. But you got paired up with another person, and I grabbed my friend Angela, who I just met. I knew she had choreographed before, and I was like, how do you do this? <laughs> and even though I had put stuff on Friends, you know, like we do when we grow up in the basement, we're all doing right. a dance to Grease today, everybody's like, great. Yeah. Um, she taught me how to break it down and like you know you have to remember what you do which seems so trivial and of course but you know at the time I was such a dancer I was used to things put on me and put on me and put on me right um not discovering it having to re reiterate it mm -hmm. and so then what was your path after you left school um I ended up staying in Boston for a year uh just to kind of figure out what to do uh, about halfway through I guess maybe my third year in archaeology I thought oh I'm probably not going to do this <laughs> because I had then started choreographing in Boston and was part of another like professional company outside of school and you know so I sat my parents down and I was like I'm going to finish and if I still want to go to dance I'm going to go to New York and they're like great um, and then I finished and then I was too scared to go <laughs> yeah. so I kind of wanted to see how the Boston community to see what it was like to be there as not as a student but as a working you know, professional and in the dance community, and unfortunately for me, about a month later, I was already exhausted. Like, already went through everything in Boston, the dance-wise. Mm. I wasn't wasn't going to be challenged beyond that. Right. Um, and so I knew I had to move, but I had a year rent. You know. Right. Um, so a good friend of mine, um, we had met at um, in Boston University, and he said, "Let's go to New York. Mm. Let's do it. Let's do it in the next year." Wow. 
And I still didn't think I'd be a choreographer at the time. Okay. I thought I was dance and choreography was fun. Right. I didn't really understand how much of a job it could be or a right. career. Mm-hmm. And so when you came here, did you end up dancing professionally or, or did you? A little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I was searching for a company that I liked, a choreographer whose work I would want to spend 10 years in a company. And, I mean, even if you get in the company, it doesn't mean it's paid. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so yeah. that's one sort of avenue. And the other avenue, I started looking into, well, what is this musical theater? I did it as a kid. What does it mean here? You know, I started taking singing lessons and kind of auditioning, and I got a Disney industrial and so I think I'm starting to see the comedic influence coming in a little bit, but, but it, how did that come in? Like, is that something you had since you were a child? Were you always watching, like, cartoons or...? Yeah, I didn't... Comedy didn't really come into my world as a dance, as part of the dance world for me for a very long time, because mm-hmm. it doesn't really exist. Yeah. You know, we have, like, Donald O'Connor, and we have, um, you know, Singing in the Rain. We have these little bits... We have some fun stuff in musical theater that's funny, um, but I just couldn't, and, and I tried to be funny in the modern world, and actually I quit as a choreographer in 2001, because I thought, I, I like to be funny, and I thought, no one in the modern, the ballet world are being funny like I am, and wow. it made me, I thought, I thought I wasn't being a true artist, mm. I thought I was copying out by doing the easy thing, mm. and comedy comes very easy for me. Yeah, I think comedy is harder though, honestly. I know, everybody it, says that. You have to be smart. I mean, you, you know, it takes, it's it's a very intelligent art form, well, I think. thank you. I yeah. always worry when I say it comes easy for me because it, it sounds egotistical and I don't mean it no, like that, no. but that's always where my head is. Yeah. It's always, what is a joke? How could this be funnier? Just from when I was a kid. So I had that in my mind, but then the dance world couldn't find where that fit in mm-hmm. and that's sort of why I went into musical theater because I knew oh I have an outlet for that what did you do when you quit in 2001 I actually went to work for a production company that did uh, huge industrials and live shows like for Maybelline and L'Oreal and because as a I'm sure you know as an artist freelance we're kind of always producing our own work too mm-hmm. and I had produced and danced for many years and put on shows and you know all this great stuff so I had that those skills mm-hmm. and they're very easy transferable mm-hmm. to that world so it was good I did it for about like two years without any dance mm-hmm. um, I kind of wanted to be like great choreography you want me come get me yeah and I kind of just wanted to be a real person <laughs> yeah right <laughs> to see if the world if I was satisfied and then I assume it did come and get you oh so bored <laughs> I was so bored I just, you know, and you know, you know, as a creative, your mind's always thinking and you need an outlet for that. And I thought, wait a minute, I was upset because I was the only funny choreographer, but that's actually a good thing. I'm the only funny choreographer. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. So how did you attack that? Because I'm, I'm always curious, um... I also, you know, came from more of a concert dance background, and trying to choreograph in the theater world, it's a very different kind of experience than concert dance, where in concert dance, you know, you kind of send your reel or your materials to ex-artistic director at this company, and they, you know, think about putting you on their season in two or three years or whatever, but with theater, it's it's kind of hard. You have to kind of meet directors to collaborate with, or, you know, how did you, how did you get started in that world? I think... 
I went and saw a reading of the new musical But I'm a Cheerleader, which was oh. based on a feature film. Yeah. And actually, I was interning at the Araka Group at the time, because I was like, oh, I can produce in the corporate world. Maybe I'll be a producer in the theater world. And I was like, they got the invite. I said, I need to go to this. So mm. they just seen the film. I thought it was really great. So I went, and then I met Bill Augustine, the writer, and I found him afterward. And I was like, if you need a choreographer, you need to call me. And that kind of, you know, always hustling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that kind of did it. And um, also, did he call you? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I ended up doing it. Wow. Um, I mean, it wasn't that easy, obviously. You right. Know, but uh, he, yeah, they gave me a call, and then. Actually, in 2001, I had done my first comedic dance piece, um, and it was really difficult. Not because the humor was difficult, it was difficult to trust that it would work on stage and I wouldn't get booed, because all the other pieces were lovely and intense and dark and angles and sharp and, Mm -hmm. you know. And then there's this little weird, whimsical, silly, goofy, cartoonish piece, and uh, and it was good. They laughed. Yeah, I mean, there was, you know, a, I love the dance world, but you kind of have to give them permission to mm-hmm. laugh, mm-hmm. and as I started working, uh, so at the same time I was doing certain musical theater, I was also creating my own pieces, and just figuring out, like, different mixed bills we could do them at, and I had met this wonderful clown named Mark Gindick and he and I have been partnering for a number of years now and mm-hmm. he had this great idea for peace and I was like I got the dancer let's do it mm-hmm. and that's been one of our top pieces and it was hilarious and this is a little segue we showed it in the theater world and it did very well people left we showed it in the clown world and it killed because mm-hmm. that's you know come on <laughs> right <laughs> and then we did it in the dance world and we got just a little twitters Huh. So kind of, it was fascinating. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, that's. I guess that's helpful though in a way because it, it makes you doubt yourself maybe less because you're like, okay, it's not. It's not so much me. It's just the audience, and and everything's not going to be for everyone, obviously. But yeah, I mean, honestly, what's really fantastic is the past like five years I've seen all these comedy modern groups. Prop, uh, crop up around mm-hmm. the U.S. They're mm-hmm. like, we're the funny company. I'm like, you are? What the? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. It's not the, I mean, I, I love the world. I just, I don't really work in it that much anymore unless yeah. I get commissioned, you know. Right. Um, so I'm ahead of my time, I guess. You, you sure are. <laughs> yeah. Was it a big adjustment for you coming from the dance world uh, to collaborate with a director? Uh, yes and no. Um, I had to remind myself to shut up a lot um, because it's it's their vision and I'm mm-hmm. there to help. But also, the, I've worked with really great directors who are like, "Here, go. What are your thoughts?" Mm-hmm. You know, because they know that I do have that mind. So, um, you know, some I worked well with, some I didn't, um, and it, it it was a it was a good lesson to learn. Because it's always good to shut up and listen sometimes. So right. that was really helpful. And to watch them, how they work with actors. Because that's a whole different animal than dancers. I remember walking into one of my first rehearsals for a musical. And I was like, why is the room so loud? <laughs> and they're oh, right, because dancers are just quiet and they're like yeah. warming up. And the actors, I mean, God love them. You know, they're all like chatting. And of course, because they're people and... Yeah, it was just such a funny t- 
dichotomy or you know yeah I was like oh right this is a different world Uh people talk (laughs) yeah and you start to learn or at least for me you start to see especially with actors and this is why now I actually really love to work with kind of non-dancer actors like they everything is coming from that acting place so you know, I remember when I first started working in the theater world, it, was, it would annoy me how, you know, I'd be like, can you enter on, you know, count five or whatever, and they would be like, why? well, why, or yeah, why, constantly why, and I was like, why well, have to answer why all the time, but then I would start, I started to see how it helped, like, it was like, if you gave them that why, or if they, even better, if they came to that why on their own, their performance just elevated so much more, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was, that was a lovely challenge I found, and actually now it's become one of my most treasured skills and what I feel like I'm known for is that I work really well with actors mm-hmm. because when I first started, they're like, oh, here's a choreographer. And, you know, most of them would be like, Ugh. right. I'm like, well, I'm not going to make you do pirouettes if you don't know how to do pirouettes, yeah. you know? I mean, that's how I work. Other choreographers work differently. And I realize that I, I hone the skill to get to their organic movement and how they move very quickly so that we can give them something that they love, and then all of a sudden that boundary they've drawn has broken away, and now they even are open to more tools to put in their toolbox. So in watching them go beyond what they thought they could do as a dancer is just pure gold for me, you know? And also, that opened up my curiosity that's become a huge um, component of my work, and then, what is that what is that space between when it's just pedestrian and we just start to do stylized dance what is that physical space and there's no words in this moment you know and that's where working with actors and directors really helped me span the spectrum of my storytelling physically you know so it wasn't just dance and it wasn't just walking across the stage it's like what is that huge color spectrum and that's what i've been now honing for working on for a couple years. To learn more about Wendy Seib and Broadway Dance Lab, please visit broadwaydancelab.org. InStep will be right back. So I would love to hear about the Pee Wee Herman show. I'm so curious about that, about how that came into your life, about mm-hmm. what that experience was like. So Alex Timbers had reached out to me to do a piece with Kristen and Bobby Lopez, and they were doing choreographers' auditions. And he's like, I'd love for you to try and do it. You know, we need someone who's funny, and you're the funny choreographer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I did it. And the day we were doing the showing, Alex had just come back from L.A. where they had just opened the Pee Wee Herman show on Broadway in L.A. With a different choreographer. With a different choreographer, yeah. Yeah. And then through the process of them coming to New York, I heard that they didn't have that choreographer anymore for whatever reasons. Right. So I immediately emailed him, and I said, oh, my gosh, I'm your girl. And he wrote back saying, yeah, I was about to reach out to you. I was talking to Paul about you. Wow. (laughs) And he's like, so you'll have to Skype with Paul, Paul Rubens. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So then I'm like, I'm going to Skype with Pee Wee Herman. This is fantastic. And when Pee Wee was popular, I was a little bit, um, I'm a a little older. So I was already kind of, I was also dancing a lot. And I was also like getting into college. So 
it wasn't really on my radar. I mean, I knew of him and I loved it, um, but I wasn't like an, you know diligent every week. I just I couldn't afford that time. So I like turned to my husband. I'm like, "What do you wear?" A Skype call with Kenny Herman, <laughs> and it was fun. It was delightful. What did you wear? I, I don't know, probably yeah. something. I was like, do I wear a choreographer outfit or do I wear like a professional outfit? Right. Do I wear my like Lululemon or, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, I just made sure that my background was a clean house. <laughs> right. Colorful. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and so that was great. I was only on it for about six days because it's considered a play with music. Oh, okay. So I wasn't, um, I wasn't there every day. I would have liked to have been, but you know. And that was your first Broadway show, right? That was my first Broadway show, and it was a doozy. Yeah. In a great way. Right, right. What was your impression of working on Broadway? Um, you know, great. It was really neat. You know, it, it was so quick and dirty, because mm-hmm. I was so in and out. Like, mm-hmm. I was only there for, like, two hours of tech or something, you okay. know? Yeah. Um, and uh, when you, well, I, well, when I tend to work with, like, celebrities or VIP, you know, you're working with them, and they're people, and you're, like, in the studio, and then you get in the theater, and then it's opening night, and you're like, oh, right, you're huge. <laughs> right. <laughs> not to downplay, like, they're not that, you know, but it's, it's you know, you forget about yeah. all that celebrity, and especially with somebody like Pee-wee, it's, like, this whole other fan base. Uh-huh. He's such an icon. Right. Um, so that was crazy I was like oh right oh gosh it's like even more you know yeah which is which is really neat I was very grateful to be a part of that yeah and then you guys did that film that for HBO right yeah was that just a filming of the actual show okay yeah didn't make any alterations or anything no no I mean I not for me they may have like lighting and some staging I'm sure but right no no they they they're like what's a choreographer yeah right (laughs) but you've worked a lot in tv film right yeah, I've been lot. doing more recently. I actually just worked on an Amazon series in oh, July. What was that? Um, it's called The Dangerous Book for Boys. Okay. Uh, Brian Cranston is the executive producer. And choreographer for film and TV is so different mm-hmm. than choreography for theater. Mm. Not just in how much, but also how the profession is viewed mm. in a way. You know, um, film and TV, you come in and you maybe rehearse that day and you do it and you're done. Whereas, you know, in theater you're there every day and you're honing the whole thing and you've got the whole, you know, arc of your choreography. And Mm -hmm. So it's really fascinating. And I'm also working with actors who probably have not had any musical training or or any kind of movement. So when we were talking, you know, just about like getting into their heads and where they're at, it's like... Ooh, I gotta go deeper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is really, really neat and fascinating. Uh huh. When you're prepping those or, or working in that way, um, do you build a whole number at once, or do you kind of build shot for shot, or how does that work? Um, it depends. It kind of depends on what it is. Mm-hmm. For those little like kind of one-offs, I basically like for the SVU, the club scene, I created the whole thing. It was, you know, and then they. I mean, we had a 15-foot crane, we had a 30-foot crane, we had the dollies on the side. Like, we also did it so many takes. They just wanted to get so many different camera angles, so they had so much footage. Right. Uh, and you have someone, don't you have a director of photography, or I don't know what the mm-hmm. name is, yep. kind of working with you? Like, mm-hmm. okay. Yep, and for those things, I kind of just did it, and then I stepped back, and then they figured out what they wanted to capture. Okay. So again, that's very different than theater, where right. you would have more say. But... Um, I did a feature film in 2013 
and it was a musical. Mm-hmm. So, and the director was uh, very unseasoned. So I kind of was able to do it almost like a theater piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the DP, which is what's great about our work when you're doing film, is that we have lots of rehearsals for that because that was like I brought in my dancers and we were, you know, the DP came in and watched our rehearsal. And then he and I would talk about what angles we wanted to get and, you know, the thoughts and, oh, we have a crane, and you know. Yeah. As I go along, I would know that I would talk to my DP now about that a lot sooner. Okay. Because also I'm directing now. Right. Yeah, because I'm sure over the years you've... you've I, I would think that when you watch something playback that you've made on film, there might be times when you're like, oh, that looks nothing like what I thought it was going to look like, or, or that really works, or that really doesn't. You know, like, are there things you've learned over the years, like tricks or... or... I've been very lucky to work with the same DP most of the time. Okay. Um, or with with DPs that don't know much about dance, so mm-hmm. I'm like, do this. <laughs> Let's try this. Yeah. You know, why don't we... Because the nice thing is, is that the if it's like a minute piece, like I have a minute piece. Like the first piece I put on film, I was like, all right, we're going to actually put this on film and shoot it. The DP I got was like, I've never shot dance. I'm like, great. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to know how to shoot dance because let's figure this out and I don't want it to be a dance piece. It takes a village to make Broadway Dance Lab happen and we depend on the support of organizations and individuals who believe in our mission and who want to help us nurture the next generation of choreographic talent. To learn more about how you can get involved or to make a donation, please visit broadwaydancelab.org. InStep will be right back. start directing <laughs> I don't remember yeah. <laughs> I've always had that I've always looked through that lens uh-huh. I mean through my work when I create my dance comedies I'm definitely the director right you know I'm yeah. the writer mm. yeah do you have a are you at a play, place right now where you prefer film over stage or yes yes you are <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to lose any theater jobs well uh, no, no. Um, I'm I am so comfortable and at home on a set which I had no idea when I did the um, web series in 2014 it's called that reminds me and and I was directing and I just was like so relaxed and chill and we had the whole day and I mean you're always like nah, hurry up but I don't know I just felt more at home on a set than I ever did in theater hmm. What do you think that is? Found my medium. There is this great moment when I was walking to shoot the short, How You Look At It. We just had a two-day shoot. The first one was out in the park, and it was big, and we had dancers and a truck, which we didn't know we'd get the truck till like, that morning, and, you know, all that stuff, right? And we had just rehearsed the dancers the day before, and I had been rehearsing with Peter and Tracy over the past couple days. So I'm like such a nerd. I'm like, oh, I got into my shoes, so excited. You know, like the eight-year-old we all are. Yeah. And I was about to get to the park, and I thought, oh, my gosh, this is insane. No one has a script. No one has a book. They all just trust that I've got it all up here. I mean, we did rehearse, which yeah. is, you know, huge and different than what you do in the film. But, and then I was like, oh, my gosh. And I just got so grateful that they were all on board and ready to do it. And it was just a really neat moment. 
how you know you have this concept in the theater world and the dance world you don't really write anything down and mm-hmm. you know, transferring that to film and uh, it was just a really neat moment and I was really so grateful everyone's like yeah let's do this yeah it's like okay <laughs> yeah it's also kind of cool how particularly now with like YouTube that it's a medium that allows you to have a little bit faster turnaround oh, yeah. and just make art yeah. you know in, in a very guerrilla fashion like um, you know, it would be much harder to be like, I want to put on a play and have to like rent a theater, sell tickets, blah, blah, blah. If you want to make a video, just do it. And you can edit it online, you know, online or, you know, on your computer and laptop at home. Yeah. Which is pretty awesome. And you have more accessibility to the, to an audience. Right. You get to them immediately. You get to them easily. Right. You know, that's also, I've always seen my work as being commercial. Mm. Uh, because it's funny and it tells stories and it tells literal linear stories mm-hmm. which doesn't exist in the dance world really. Do you feel like video is going to overtake live no. performance at any point? No. No. I think I mean I think there's going to be a little pushback but I think they're going to feed one another. I think they already are starting to feed one another you know with the live musicals right. you know and Broadway doing movies which everyone's like up in arms I'm like well movies used to do Broadway in the 1920s so yeah. here we are um, I'm curious what your experience has been like being a, fe- a female in the industry do you feel like it's affected you in any way no I mean it's such a weird question I appreciate you saying it I understand why yeah. um, do people ask you about being a male artist no yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know I never thought about it until people started asking me about being a female artist. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, well, that's weird. Right. And, you know, I go back and forth because obviously, yes, I understand we need more and I'm happy to, to, you know, be in that, be here in this world at this time as a female artist um, so I can hopefully pave the way for others so we don't have to have this conversation anymore. Right. Um, but I... When people started asking me that, I was like, why is this happening? I mean, I get why it's happening, but it never occurred to me. Mm-hmm. Never occurred to me. And I realized also because I had a fantastic upbringing, I was obsessed with Chaplin and Gene Kelly. I consider them my mentors. I never thought that they were men until people started asking me about being a female artist. Mm-hmm. And it never occurred to me that I thought, oh, I can't do that because they're men. That was never on my radar. Yeah. That's interesting, though. Like, you, it, you never were like, there's not, there's no one up there that looks like me doing what I want to do? No. Wow. No, because I didn't look at as them as being men. Right. I mean, but then at the same time, like, you know, you watch Wonder Woman, and I was like, oh, I'm like crying because these women are like so strong. I was yeah. like, oh, I guess I, you know, I didn't realize I needed that. Right. Um, it, I'm not... It's not giving me an extra oomph as a female, yeah. I guess. I mean, that sounds kind of terrible, but I'm glad it's there and we do need it and I get it and mm-hmm. I'm happy to, to, again, be that hopefully for someone and I'd love to see it, but I don't... If they're great artists and I like their work, that's the first thing, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, isn't that how it should be? Right. And so sometimes I feel like I'm going backwards to kind of mm-hmm. catch, it's interesting. I, I'm asking you this question not only as a man but also as a gay man, and they're and feeling like it's important for our stories to be told. Do you ever feel like it's important to you to tell um, female stories in any capacity, like to just get more of them out there, or to put women in leading roles or anything like that? It's a great question. 
I look at it as more, I think it's important for dancers to get leading roles. Um, the feature, I'm now developing my first feature, and it's a love story to New York City. And I'm making sure that we have all kinds of love in there, all kinds of partnerships, all kinds of, you know, cultures and colors, Be, you know, because that's what we need. We need that now. And who knew it was going to be political? Um, but yeah, my, my goal is to give dancers put them to the forefront. Mm. Like, who's who's the next Citrice? Who's the next Leslie Caron? Yeah. We don't have that. Right. When kids win So You Think You Can Dance, where do they go? Right. You know? When people win, when kids win American Idol. Yeah, that's true. You know? And I don't care what color or sex you are. Let's just do it. Yeah. You love it? Great. And I don't mean to downplay that either, though. You know what I mean? I don't mean to be like, oh, we don't need to see a gay story. We don't need... That's not it. It's, right. Yeah, we want to see them all. Yeah. Are you passionate? Are you jazz? Are you ready to go? Let's do this. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, I'm curious, um, it's a little bit of a strange question, but is there a specific uh, time in your career when you you kind of, you feel like you really got it right and you started to discover what it was that you wanted to do? Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. What, Absolutely. what was that? Uh, I was making the short film. Okay. I've had it probably before, but this is the most spectacular. Mm -hmm. You know, I, um, I, uh, my husband doesn't like to come to previews or rehearsals. He's like, I want to see when you are ready to, when it's done. So when I edited the short, I finally got it back, and I wanted to show my husband so badly before because he's got a great mind and a great artist, and I was so lost. And I'm like, no you can do this, you know? And he won't watch it anyway, <laughs> in a good way. Yeah. Um, so finally I sat him down, and we've, we've been together almost 20 years now. So he's seen this whole evolution of me discovering dance comedy mm -hmm. through every, you know, every dirty black box and, you know, all that stuff. He's yeah. seen it all. He's seen it all. And so he sat down and watched it, and I'm, like, behind him, like, you know, um, because he'll also tell me the truth, you know, which is invaluable, you know, and yeah. a partner. And he turned around, getting emotional now, and he's like, yeah, you did it. You got it. And I was like, yeah. Shit, now we're doing film. <laughs> <laughs> which is great and glorious. It's like, all right, now, okay, let's go down this venue, you know, which is great, or Avenue. Yeah, that's such a nice feeling, though. I mean, it, you, as an artist, you spend so many years and hours and, you know, just being like, does this matter? Does what I'm doing matter? Am I, you know, am I getting it right? Am I, you know, so it's such a nice feeling when you're like, oh, I think I really got that or yeah. that worked, you know. Yeah. yeah, and that's why I think film and TV is, is, my work works other ways, but I think it's like the prime medium for what it is, mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? And it took me like this whole, I'm like, oh, it took me so long, and he's like, but you've learned so much on the way, you wouldn't be here. Right. I'm like, oh, you're right, he's so right. smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so any advice that you would give aspiring choreographers that are out there trying to, to do this crazy thing? Keep doing it. Your job, your basic job for the rest of your life is to hone your craft. That's really all it is. And you need to think about it every day, not all day, but think about it every day, 
really look for your voice. Don't worry about what other people are saying. I mean, unless you're, like, hurting people, then don't do that. <laughs> but, you know, and not that people were, oh, you can't do comedy, but I just didn't see a place for it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of had to wait for the zeitgeist to catch up or whatever, you know, like, and in the meantime, I just kept at it. I just kept at it, you know. I um, I, I did... um. In 2006, actually, I did my first full-length dance comedy for New York Musical Theater Festival. I went to Isaac and Chris, who were running at the time, and I said, hey, you guys want to do a dance narrative? And they're like, yeah, I got one. I'm like, yeah. Basically, everything's happened because I'm bullish. (laughs) And it was great, and it was fun, and it'll probably be my second feature. But at the dress rehearsal, it was terrible. And I was like, oh, shit. It just went badly, or what? It was just dead. Uh-huh. But, hello, it's because we didn't have an audience. Uh-huh. And that's what you need for comedy. That's your last element that you need. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just an empty room. So, you know, my other part of the advice is, like, just keep doing it. When you're not, when you're not feeling it, sometimes you just got to trust and take that leap. Yeah. You have to take that leap. Especially if you're creating something that doesn't exist anywhere else yet. You know, mm-hmm. I've always felt that. I'm like, oh, what I see doesn't exist. And so instead of giving up, I kept pursuing and pursuing and honing and playing and figuring out and learning from other people. And, you know, I've been so, I've had, I'm so blessed. I've had such a great career and such wonderful other artists that have, you know, brought me into their world and taught me. And it's always enriched, enriched my work every time, mm-hmm. you know. So it's, it's really just, and especially for dance and choreographers, it's so hard because you can't, sit in a room by yourself in your apartment and create. You can, but you have to get into a studio with the dancers at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's daunting. Like we always talk about with, you know, at BDL. It's right. like you need that room, you need those dancers because yeah. it's this untangible yet physical art form. Yeah. Do you have a regular practice? Do you like, uh, you know... Twilight, I think it's Twilight Tharp and oh the creative God. act that talks about you know, every day you have to get I up. do exactly what she does. Right, right. right. <laughs> no, and it's shameful. But sometimes it will be, like right now for the feature, I need music. Mm-hmm. So I try and like do something every day for that. Right. Is it reaching out to producer? Is it reaching out to composer? Is it reworking the script for something that I thought of the night before? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but... You have to stay diligent because no one's going to do it for you. Right. No one will do it for you. Well, the last question I always like to ask everyone on this program is, why is dance important in our lives? Why do we dance? Because it doesn't lie. Movement doesn't lie. And sometimes that's the best way to express. And it doesn't, it crosses boundaries of language because we don't need to know each other's language. We all speak the same language. And dance is a powerful uniter. I agree. Sounded really profound. Yeah, well well said. Well, Wendy, I really appreciate you being here. It's been wonderful to talk to you, and it was so fun to watch you work in the studio. Like, yeah, if anyone out there is unfamiliar with your work, they need to go look you up right away because it's great. Hopefully, we'll see your film soon. Yeah, I hope so too. (laughs) Thanks, Nick. All right, thank you. Instep is created by Broadway Dance Lab and recorded, edited, and hosted by Nick Kepley. You can listen to this podcast again, access our archives, and learn more about the company by visiting broadwaydancelab.org.